Chat with Traders is sponsored by Trade the Pool. Are concerns about limited buying power, insufficient capital, or fear of losing your own money preventing you from advancing your trading capabilities? Trade the Pool is an online stock trading prop firm that offers funding for stock traders. Demonstrate your skills, trade their capital, and keep your profits. You can engage in intraday trading and now swing trading on Trade the Pool with any U.S. stock or ETF. The procedure is straightforward. Pay an evaluation fee, successfully complete the evaluation, and get funded. Visit tradethepool.com forward slash chat to learn more. You've seen the headlines. Bonds are making a comeback. But if you've ever tried to invest in bonds, you know what a clunky, complicated, broken experience it can be. That's why at Public, they took fixed income and fixed it. Now you can find, evaluate, and buy thousands of bonds with an investing experience designed this century. Add fixed income to your portfolio with corporate, treasury, and municipal bonds. Go to public.com forward slash bonds podcast to get started. This podcast is sponsored by Public. Full disclosures can be found at public.com forward slash bonds. The biggest secret of the best traders in the world is that they're just like everyone else. However, they've worked hard to learn the markets and discover what works and what doesn't. But how can you hear about these journeys and get in on the strategies and tactics they use? You can do it by listening to Chat with Traders. Here's your host, Aaron Fifield. Guys, what's going on? Welcome to the 33rd episode of the Chat with Traders podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm your host, Aaron Firefield. Now, this week, our guest is an equities trader from Southampton, UK. His name is Chris Sace, and his journey to becoming a trader kicked off roughly seven years ago after his interest in markets was peaked from reading through a book about stocks. While these days Chris has found his edge, he did spin his wheels for several years to begin with and also managed to run several counts into the ground. During this time, one of the greater turning points came when Chris found another trader who was willing to pass down his experience and offer him some much-needed guidance. And as we all understand, to have a mentor on your side is extremely valuable. So I asked Chris a number of questions around this subject, which I'm hoping you may find helpful. We also discussed the importance of repetition in your learning, how to build discipline, and also touch on some mindset challenges that can be early roadblocks for developing traders. I feel like many of you listening will find Chris's story to be relatable, and I'm pretty sure you'll take away a few important lessons from this interview. So let's get into it. I'm Aaron Firefield, and here is this week's guest, Chris Sace. Hey, Chris. Awesome to have you on the show. How's it going? Yeah, good, good, thanks. How are you? I am very well, besides the fact that it's uh, freezing cold here this morning, I'm doing really well. But um, <laughs> So we've been speaking for a while, um, obviously before we hit the record button, and I'm excited about some of the topics we're going to discuss today. Some of those topics being mentorship and psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the psychology is something you've really emphasized, so I'm keen to hear more about this. But First of all, we want to hear about you and where your trading journey began. So I guess my first question would be, um, what were you doing prior to trading and what inspired you to turn to the markets? Uh, well, it was about seven years ago. Um, I, um, I had a small 
a small business um, and I had uh, Christmas time off. Um, it's, it wasn't in, you know, any, it wasn't in the finance industry at all. It was doing something completely different and have absolutely no uh, past experience with, with the stock market at all. No friends, no family really into it other than I guess their pensions or whatever, but I certainly wasn't involved with anything. Um, and just one Christmas, I had some time off. I went into a bookshop uh, and I saw a book on stocks. It was, you know, silly title of how anyone can make money or something. Um, and I just bought it for fun. Um, started reading it and it, it sounded quite quite interesting. So um, I opened up a, a demo account um, with with a company. Um, saw a saw, saw a share, but bought it. But forgot about it for a few few days and um came back and found out that i was um i was i don't know sixteen hundred pounds up or something and figured well, that's not a bad way to live i haven't done anything for a few days um so i kind of um uh, the, you know finished reading finished reading that book and and opened up an actual account and did exactly the same thing saw the exact same share drop i, I put five hundred pounds in um bought it and about eight hours later i got a, a, what i what i now know is a margin call um anyway i just closed it out and made a loss put another 500 pound in did the same thing with something else um and that was basically kind of my start um and from there i, I then just uh, kept buying books kept um trying to teach myself on the internet um and it just went on like that for for a while, you know, kept kept kind of blowing up. But I didn't really realise what what, I, what that was at the time. Um, and it was probably a good few months down the line when I, I got a, a charting package. And um, again, at this point, I, I I didn't know anybody who who deals in 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 shares at all, so I couldn't ask anybody at all. Um, that kind of came later. So, like I said, I got this charting package, and and once I learned how to use it, was kind of um, looking through it and um, started to see recurring things, um, and and you know that they kind of took a long time to really kind of um, understand what I was seeing. But again, teaching myself, um, I kind of got eventually to the easiest way to describe it is just what the system was, which was uh, it was buy a breakout and use a four eighty R stop. And hold it for a long time, and you'll make and it looks like you make money on it. That was basically what I saw, but I can describe that now because I know what it is. I didn't know then what it was, if that makes sense. It was just something that I saw w- within a lot of shares. So I guess really that the the, um, the path to that was just looking at lots and lots of charts. Um, you know, this thing had everything from from U.S. stocks to U.K. stocks and all of them. So there were thousands and thousands of charts. So you really kind of got to learn, um, you know, what 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 charts look like, and, and again, like I said, what the, these patterns were that you see, and predominantly it was it was trending. It was from you know bottom left to top right. That was what I was seeing, but how to trade it was you know I didn't really know at the time, um, and then I guess I I, um, I I I stumbled across one of Michael Cavell's books, um, and I remember reading it. And I remember it made no sense to me whatsoever. The only thing I could really work out was that the charts looked the same. Um, but I had no idea that there was this thing called trend following. 
Um, and it was only when I kind of, it was one of my, my aha moments when I kind of realized what it was. And um, I, uh, I then started lo- looking it up on the internet. And that was really when I started to kind of accelerate a lot. Um, and then I, I found, uh, I found a, a mentor online and he helped me out a lot with it. Um, and he, he, he had his own system, which I tried to adopt and, um, probably couldn't really wasn't mine. Um, but ultimately all, you know, all that experience led to how I trade today really. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, a brief history on it. Yeah, no, that's really good. So we're going to get into that a little bit deeper. So let's just sort of take it right back to the start when you you sort of picked up a book. It was kind of random, started reading it, and you know, shortly after you started, obviously you had your um, demo account, which you did well, put live money on the line and lost it. What did your? I'm curious to know what did your partner think of this at the time? Like it was a little bit random. It was sort of something out of the blue that you hadn't really talk too much about before and now you've just sort of started started trading and you've started losing money um you know five hundred dollars at a time like it, it starts to add up what what did your partner make of this well um at the time it, it wasn't it wasn't a huge thing um because it wasn't a, it wasn't a lot of money obviously you know no one wants to lose you know five hundred dollars five hundred pounds wherever you know but it wasn't um it wasn't big money um, that I was that was losing, and also I didn't know what I was doing. And I think probably because of I had the business, um, you know, don't worry, there wasn't loads of money coming in from that. But ultimately, you know, I used to make decisions daily that I wouldn't consult anyone with. You know, it's it's that was just the nature of what I did at the time. So I, I certainly wasn't putting in five hundred pounds, you know, and um, and that was being used to pay the mortgage. Obviously, you know, in hindsight, it's very easy to turn around and say, you know, don't obviously get uh, risk money that you can't afford to lose. But at the time, I didn't know that. And the same as if anyone else, you know, um, starts in the same way, they won't realize what, what any form of money management is. So I guess in that sense, I was quite lucky. I'm quite lucky that I didn't go and put thousands and thousands of pounds in thinking that I could have traded it up like I did with that just one trade at the beginning. Um, so yeah, that was kind of fortunate. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. So even then when you did, um, sort of run a few accounts into the ground, um, even though they weren't, you know, big accounts, like you mentioned that you were just sort of starting out small, what was it that, um, sort of motivated you to keep pushing on? Like, why did you not go, oh, this is, this doesn't work or this is too hard. What was it about it that sort of motivated you to keep going? Probably stubbornness. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm quite um, competitive anyway, um, and and it, I think it was that when you first start, I think you know you've all, you 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 kind of start off with this idea that you you can make a lot of money doing it. Now, I I um, I made thousands on that first trade, the, the demo account, which you know, like I said, it wasn't real money, but it was you know, wow, I I, I made money there. And I didn't do anything. I, I didn't physically have to go to work and, and kind of, you know, do it X, Y, Z. You know, I, I, I literally sat at home for a few days over the Christmas period and and made money. So I think it was it was that that drove me. Then it was the game that you know I've been I've always enjoyed strategy games and and it was that 
the market to me is like the ultimate strategy game and you kind of realize that when you first start and then of course you couple that with the fact that you can make quite a you, know, you make some money out of it it probably is what kept me going um, but I can't I must admit I've never thought at any point about this isn't right I think it was just something that I first started and and kind of clicked with straight away so I guess I was fortunate there as well okay sure so you mentioned that you, of course, read this book at the right at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, you sort of read one of Michael Coville's books. Was there anything else in between there that you were really getting stuck into and studying um, besides just looking at charts? Was there any other sort of uh, resources or did you do any courses or books? Like, was there anything else that you were learning how to, how to trade from? Um, so I've got a, a ton of books, probably a hundred trading books now. Um, and I did used to buy quite a lot of them, but it was that none of them really made any sense at the start. One book that really did, um, and actually this was probably just before I read Cavell's book, um, was, um, was one of Van Tharp's books. Um, now they are a bit deep to start with if you don't kind of understand it but but it kind of brought into play a few elements of of um, a strategy um, risk management psychology um, and that was what then kind of it probably started me on the track of um, okay there must be some sort of formula to this and I guess ultimately then that might have been the start of you know looking for a holy grail obviously I know that doesn't exist now but Back then, it was probably those little things that that kind of started me getting more interested, and that was where I, you know, thought about getting the charting package. Um, and then, and then ultimately, I guess it was it was throughout throughout the time there's been lots and lots of books that I've owned that that I've read and and picked out little bits from. Um, I've never done any courses and. Um, you know the internet was was obviously you know helpful because of that you can type in anything you know you type in trend following you type in um, day trading whatever you know online and and a whole host of things come up but I certainly didn't do a course I didn't subscribe to anything then it was all just self taught and I'd hear something you'll read something you know um, pivot point or um, moving average or whatever option I don't know something and I would Google it watch YouTube videos on it and just really try and teach myself everything that I could. And it was it's just kind of built up from there, really. Sure, yeah, no, that's really good. So if you had to pinpoint just a couple of your biggest challenges or hurdles between the point where you were starting out to becoming a profitable trader, what would you say these were? First of all, entering the beginner's cycle and then exiting the beginner's cycle. So what I mean is, is um, so I've spoken there about how I've heard a few things, you know, risk management, um, strategy, psychology, et cetera, et cetera. Those are kind of the beginning of where you realize, ah, okay, so there's something in this. Um, so, you know, before a strategy might be buy this because it's it looks nice, I don't know, whatever, whatever people do when they first start trading. Um, but then you, you realize actually that there is some sort of strategy in this. And as I mentioned before, what, what I was actually doing it to start with was buying a breakout. That was my first kind of strategy I ever put together. Um, and it was, um, it, it was basically putting that bit together. And then after a while, 
trying something different. So, um, you know, the, let's say the, the entry point was, was a breakout, the exit point was a, a 4 ATR, I then might try a 2 ATR, I then might try, I don't know, something else, uh, um, you know, selling when the, de- when the price has gone up for three days. And it was all that tinkering around that then leads to reading more books, which have then, of course, got more strategies in. You know, the internet is full of strategies as well, not to mention all the ones you can pay for. Um, so you're kind of going around in this circle where you're not actually, you're really not focusing on your, your strategy at all. You're tinkering constantly, and that's just not a way to trade. You know, and when you realize, when you realize that, that, I think, is when you exit the beginner's cycle. That's when you really then start to focus on yourself. You start to focus on your strategy, um, and that's really, I think, when you when well, that was when I started to become um, consistently profitable. Okay, good one. And at what point did you? Well, first of all, let me ask from from when you started to to where you, when you became somewhat consistently profitable. How long was that time there? Ooh, maybe four years, five years, four years, I think. Um, a bit like I say, I've been quite fortunate. I haven't lost a ton of, of, of money purely because uh, I, I did have a few big winners to start with. And the, the, probably the, the one thing that I've, I've always been, um, just generally in life, is that if things are too good to be true, they generally are. Now, you know, anyone that can... It one guarantee makes you money all the time. You know you're very wary of those people, um, and it was. It, I think it's been that that's kind of constantly um, kept me going as well because you can't make a, a lot of money with. Um, you know, we're talking like hundred percent gains in a day, kind of thing. You know, there's 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 got to be a downside to that, and of course there is. That was just very very bad money management, and I didn't realise that at the time. But it was that instead of getting um, euphoric and thinking, um, brilliant, I'm going to do this every day, I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of the year. I think I was more cautious and thinking, okay, well, I've made some money now. How have I done it? And and I think it's that it's constant reflection on what I was doing that probably kept me going. I and mean, it probably kept me in the beginner cycle a lot longer than I, than I would have hoped for because of everything I was doing, I was then reflecting on and I might actually change something and ultimately – I did. I did. I have ended up pretty much with a system that I very first started off with. Okay, excellent. So, in that case, at what point did you feel comfortable to focus your attention purely on trading and and let go of the business? Well, I still do bits now for it, but I certainly um, am more. My, my trading is um, is is what. I do on a daily basis. Um, you know, I've got a few interests elsewhere that, that I just I, I do as and when I can. But yeah, I rely on my trading. Um, and I guess it was just when my account got big enough. I, I'm confident in enough. I'm confident enough in in what I do. You know, I, I know it works. Um, and now, now it really is just a case of continuing to do that the, the process that I know works. If that makes sense. So um, I, I, I don't really. I don't trade into intraday or anything. Um, I use end of day charts predominantly, and the daytime I spend either working on myself and how I think about the market, um, 
and and reviewing what I've done, re, uh, particularly reviewing trades. So that was always something that I've been quite big on. I've always had um, two portfolios, and one is the real one, and the second one is one that I call discipline, um, and that is my make-believe one. That is, if I had done the trades like I was supposed to have done and didn't do anything wrong, that is where all the, the gains are in there. And that one, incidentally, is about four hundred percent above <laughs> the one that my real one. Um, you know, but that that's what keeps me going by looking in there. It was okay, you know, that I can show you trades from from several years or you know, at least three or four years ago where I might have sold on a. Um, on a dark day, you know, when I really shouldn't have done, got scared out of a position and it ultimately went on to be a huge winner. Um, I've got lots of charts like that. And again, with the word discipline written in the middle of them. So that kind of keeps me focused. Okay. I really like that. So you've got obviously your live account, which has funded real money in it. And then you've got, how does that other portfolio work? That's a, that's a demo account. Is that right? Well, it's, you can, um, so I've got, you know, um, several accounts with different brokers um and the chart package that i use um you can you know you can you can keep a keep tracks of your portfolio in there so um yeah i've just got two portfolios in there and and like i said one is is the real account uh, and the second is is the discipline account and um yeah, like I said, I really wish it was the discipline one that was the real one. But, um, you know, it keeps me, like I said, it keeps me focused and keeps me, every time I go to make an exit, I, I do kind of have a look through that chart and make sure that, you know, it is a valid exit. I'm not just doing it because of one, some, you know, it, it's going down and I, I want that money. Um, and, and, you know, it, it needs to be the right exit. It needs to be, you know, part of my strategy. Otherwise, I've got to keep hold of it. That's what the plan says. The plan makes money. It's not me. It's the plan. So, you know, I've just got to stick to it. Got it. Okay. So, it's a feature of the software. I really like that. That's such a, a really good idea. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, now, from the few things you've mentioned to me offline, um, I get the impression that repetition is a key ingredient to your development as a trader. So, would you be able to shine some some light on the importance of repetition to you and how you continually go over and revisit material that you that you study over and over again well see i think with with the internet being how it is twitter in particular there is so much on twitter that is that is really good uh there's also so much on there that's that's utter nonsense so you really need to kind of have a kind of very very good noise filter um but i went into trading many years ago with a set of beliefs, you know, whatever they were, aren't important now. But and the same as you will, and, and anyone else who's listening has got their beliefs about the markets, um, about you know, however they trade. And when you read a book, when you talk to someone, you know, whatever it is, you, that, that you're ultimately you're, you're obviously you're gaining more information, and your beliefs might change. And I think that the repetition part is. Is, is just kind of going back over everything that you've done. And whilst today you might, you know, whoever you've been chatting to or whatever you might read or watch on YouTube or whatever um, might be conflicting to those beliefs, sometimes you need to just go back and look at everything you've done in the past and either discount what you've been told or does it add any value to your portfolio and and this is where like i said my discipline portfolio comes in because every day i look through it every morning 
I just go through it when I'm, you know, like I said, I don't trade throughout the day. So I'm quite fortunate that I get a lot of hours to really just work on um, my psychology and work on my, um, you know, my strategy really. Um, or just look through that portfolio and see what does what does a good what does a good entry look like? What does a good exit look like? What does and and, and deeper than that, what does a pullback look like? You know, when you, you it's all very it's, it's quite easy, of course, when your portfolio sits at all time highs. But what does it look like when you've had a, a I don't know a ten percent drawdown or something? You know, how does that look on? Um, or, or, let's say on this. Um, software package you can it graphs your profits so i like to look back at go back and say what does my chart look like when i'm in a drawdown and see it and then of course i fast forward it and i go okay so it looks like this now and when it picks up again it will look like this and so it kind of reassures me that the drawdown isn't anything you know kind of um to worry about it's just part of the trading plan or you know part part of the trading process should i say and um and I think that that really helps, or it helps me anyway. Okay, sure, that's really good. So let's um, let's move this along and get into some discussion about mentorship and the impact it's had on your trading. So if you could start by telling us how you met your mentor and what actually motivated you in the first place to seek out a mentor. So to start with, it was um, it was that. I knew I was onto something with the with the with the, the charting software, and, and like I said, seeing what I was seeing, reading uh, a few books, um, and I just didn't know how to put it all together. And that was when I was I was really just looking for for <laughs> it's quite it sounds quite sad actually, but I was looking for someone to talk to um, because I don't know any traders. Um, you know, I, I do now, but but back then I didn't. I just had a, a ton of books, some information. Some charting software, and uh, you know, it was like it was just it was so much chaos that I was I was kind of you know I didn't I didn't know if I was if if what I knew was the right thing to know if that makes any sense. I just you know if someone was there going yeah no no you're 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 spot on there but you should have a think about this is and this or whatever you know it would have made things a lot easier instead of having to try and figure it out myself. So I um I knew that what I was interested in was trend following. So I, I Googled it and, um, and found my mentor online. Um, and I sent him an email and he, um, I think we spoke on the phone actually for, for a long time. And, and, you know, I eventually, he agreed to mentor me. Uh, he came down to see me. Um, and he, um, he showed me his star. And this is probably where I'd say I made a mistake and probably, um, extended my learning period by a good six, seven or eight months or whatever because I immediately kind of threw out the window what I'd been working on and, and adopted and tried to adopt his system. Um, and it was then that I kind of, I, I started tinkering around with things and that was when, you know, they say about, you know, you find a system that suits and, and that was really what I wasn't doing. Um, I was playing around with his system and so eventually I went back to what I was doing and this was where I found the mentorship invaluable was when, I started explaining things to him like that, and instead of him kind of telling me, "No, you're 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 doing it wrong," he was he would ask other questions. So let's say, uh, let's say he, he traded a breakout, and I happened to buy on pullbacks. That's my favourite strategy. Um, and instead of him saying, 
oh well, um, you know, that a pullback is is an is an exit signal, you know, in his strategy. But of course, for me, it was my entry. So he would then ask, okay, so how, where do you define your risk? Where do you put your stop? And he would ask questions like that that would actually get me thinking about my strategy as opposed to feeling that I needed to justify why I wasn't using his, if that makes sense. Um, and that was that was kind of what I thought, you know, what, what, what I think a mentor is actually really valuable. Yeah, okay. So you mentioned that you found him online. Um, How did you find him online? Did he have a website or a blog or... And, and was he offering mentorship or did you sort of approach him about this? Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he, he ran a blog um, and it was, it was a paid mentorship. Um, you know, you, you, can, you can follow his, his signals if you wanted to, um, which, you know, a lot of people, I know there's a lot of services out there that are like that. Um, but, and and I, guess, I, I guess to start with, that was what I did. But it was when I met with him and spoke th- with him that he wasn't just selling, he wasn't selling signals. If that, you know, you, you can do that. That's, that's part of what he does. You know, you could just copy what he does. But that wasn't what I was about. I wasn't, I was looking to become my own trader, a trader, of my, you know, with my own kind of set of beliefs and strategy, et cetera, and, and, and do it for myself. He, he would, and you know with him sorry you you, you could uh you, you could um trade your own pension fund and and just you know copy his trades entry when he said you know he, he has a twitter feed as well that you can enter um and that's what i think uh, you know there's quite a lot of services on the internet that do but it was when it came to the mentorship he really really did go in uh, help me out and help me understand what i was trying to achieve with my system and that and and you know, that was when he kind of put his system aside and helped me develop mine and, and you know, ask me questions about it and then also, you know, um, tell me things to consider. So, you know, maybe consider the risk part of it and, you know, that kind of thing really. What's the kind of level of interaction between uh, yourself and, and your mentor? Like is it sort of scheduled once a week that you have a Skype call or like – how often do you guys communicate and, and how do you go about that? Well, now we just, now we just communicate, you know, via Twitter or, or Skype or whatever, just for, you know, kind of fun, just talk about the markets, emails or whatever. But during the, um, during the kind of the learning process uh, all the time, every, uh, you know, um, he has got a, um, a, uh, a, a protected Twitter feed that, that you become part of and there's a load of other traders on there as well and he kind of, you know, you'll, you'll all be tweeting throughout the day. Equally, he, he used to ring constantly, you know, maybe once a week or whatever to kind of see how you're getting on. Is there anything that you can help with um, e- via email all the time? Um, and, you know, depending on where you are in the country, yeah, he would come and see you. He really was, you know, it was it was kind of, he was being a mentor it was it was unlimited um you know it wasn't it wasn't a service that was kind of you know what uh one email a day or whatever you genuinely did feel like you had someone on your side that was helping you out which i you know like i said i think that was good especially when you first start because you've got so many questions i mean i used to email him constantly um particularly on down days you know big you know let's say that the recent pullback in the markets you know that kind of thing years ago would have got scared out of big time um and you know now you kind of on days like that 
you, you speak to him and it's almost like that little bit of reassurance actually no just just hold on because your strategy does cater for this kind of thing you know look at a chart you wouldn't be able to tell when the japanese earthquake hit or you know um you wouldn't be able to because of the trend has gone from bottom left to top right it's incorporated all of that and you know it was on days like that that you kind of needed a mentor and that was what i found really good you know he wasn't you you wouldn't ask a question and, and have to wait four or five days for an answer you know it was like it was straight away really which is um which is a really good service yeah, that's that's really valuable. And I mean, pretty much most traders coming up need need someone like that um, who can be there for them. So, uh, just maybe in sort of summary, some of the highlights or standout points. Like, what are some of the lessons that he's passed on to you, which which really helped you to see things a lot clearer? Risk management, more than anything, um, more than than. Um, Definitely, definitely, kind of not not entering too many trades at the same time. Um, so you know, uh, he trades a shorter shorter system to me. Um, so you know, they're kind of not necessarily relevant to my system. But but for his, um, I would say you know he was he would teach you that yeah, not to take too many trades on the same day because of you know we all know it can. You know, if you've got one or two, you 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 know, you shouldn't enter uh, four or five trades in one day. All of them are, are, are showing, you know, a loss. Get and enter another three or four the next day. Another three or four the next day. You know, that kind of thing. You need to kind of, you need to stagger it. You need to kind of enter a couple. Make sure that you know they're kind of they they are making a profit, um, and and you can kind of build up from there. Um, that was that was a big thing. You, you know, you don't have to you don't have to trade a lot. You really don't to make to make really good money. Um, you know, I think his his uh, his blog site. I haven't checked it, but it, it was something. He's up, he's up something like four hundred percent in in three or four years. So you know, he's doing very very well. And he doesn't. He he's he's been sat out of the market for the last four weeks. I think. And it's things like that 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 is absolutely invaluable to kind of realise that you you don't have to trade every day at all to make really good money. And you know you combine that with with the right risk, um, and like I said, you, you've got a very profitable system. The other thing was um, was understanding that actually you don't need to you don't need to risk a lot of money to make a lot either. You know he risks two percent, which is actually quite high, in, you know I think. But two percent of your account isn't isn't a lot, and yet this is a guy like I said who is making four hundred percent and risking two percent you know, on each trade. So it, it, that, that again was important, but the main thing was this, was the psychology was, um, you know, was, was, was teaching, teaching you to have, probably have faith in your system more than anything. Um, you know, you know, that, you know, your system works, of course that gets into a whole other topic about, you know, system testing and all that kind of thing, but we probably won't go there, but, um, you know, you know, your system works, so you just need to have faith in, um, in what you're doing and like I said go back to the dark days when the market's down day after day after day and you really you know you're probably then thinking well this system doesn't really work I might one I might go short but you know it's short in an uptrend is a silly thing to do um, 
And the other thing is, is well, does the system really work? Has it stopped working? There's all these things, you know, trading is full of kind of um, kind of things that kind of counteract, you know, kind of, um, yeah, counteract that, like arguments. But, um, you know, it's days like that that he would then reassure you a bit more um, in the early period. And that, like I said, that I think is really, really important. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all, that's all really great. So, yeah, thanks a lot for sharing that, Chris. Are you a developing or seasoned day trader who trades the U.S. markets? Is the only thing stopping you from getting to the next level is having enough capital to trade? Trade the Pool is a unique online stock trading prop firm that funds stock traders worldwide. Not having to risk your own capital can help you focus on other things like making better decisions on your trades. There's no PDT rules to worry about. You got more than 12,000 stocks and ETFs to trade, long or short, and professional tools at your side. How you get funded is you show them your skills through a straightforward evaluation process. Once you pass the evaluation, you get funded and trade with their pool of money and split the profits. Don't let the lack of buying power, capital, or fear of losing your own money prevent you from taking your trading to the next level. Visit tradethepool.com slash chat to learn more. Now, I'd like to steer the conversation in the direction of your style of trading and sort of your methodology. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but just um, maybe give us an overview of your actual approach to trading. Okay. So my probably my routine is the easiest thing to describe is, is that I I don't use scans um, I, I I I just don't I think that that's probably come from the early days of just looking at charts and trying to figure things you know trying to see things um, but in in the UK you know the FTSE three hundred and fifty is three hundred and fifty stocks so that, that's not really a huge amount of stocks to look through um, so I don't use scans. I look through all of those at least once a day, sometimes three or four times, um, and that gives you that to me. That gives me an overall state of the market. You know, you'll be able to see off that. Uh, for example, are a lot of stocks consolidating? Are a lot of stocks selling off? Are a lot of stocks breaking out? Are they breaking out and failing? Are they pulling back and giving a lot of reversal signals? You know, so that kind of I think gives you a very good understanding of what's going on in the market. Um, and then I would uh, plot support and resistance on um, on charts, and obviously, you know, you could then combine that with kind of, I guess, like a Darvis box method or whatever. But um, you know, I don't draw the boxes, but you can see support and resistance if it's getting higher, you know, like a ladder or whatever. That that's uh, you know the start of a trend. Um, I've got plotted on the charts the fifty, one hundred, and two hundred day moving average, um, and I wouldn't use those for an entry, but Obviously, you can then that gives you a feel for the stock, and every stock I think is different. Um, in, you know, they have a different buying and selling pattern. Some stocks don't pay any attention to moving averages at all, but they do pay attention to support and resistance. So, therefore, that gives you a good place to either enter, also gives you a good place to exit. Um, some stocks do absolutely hug the 50-day moving average, and as soon as it closes below that, and you know, maybe two days in a row, the the kind of um, character of that stock has changed and that then would be an exit signal and and some stocks don't pay attention to anything um, and you know that for that I may just have like a volatility stop that uh, stops so you know like a 4 ATR um, but ultimately I buy on pullbacks um, I, I look for things that are already in trends um, 
and I enter on a pullback, but the pullback must be to an obvious place. So, like I said, there must be a moving average um, uh, or a support, or you know, a support line. And then ultimately, I like to uh, see a kind of reversal candle in there. Um, just something that shows me. You know, my favourite ones are kind of a really nice spike down with a, um, with a bit of volume on it. I don't, I don't really trade volume, but you know, that's kind of a pretty good um, kind of pattern for me. Um, and that then gives me a good place to enter, shows me that buyers are stepping in, um, and it gives me a good place to put my stop. So I kind of get all the things that I need out of that, and then I just, like I say, ride it up and you know, hopefully hold it for a long time. Ultimately, though, if it, if it closes below, you know, that entry point, I'll uh, I'll sell it very very quickly. So, so you said there, hold it for a long time. What would your average, sort of generally speaking, holding time be for a position? Um, well, hopefully, months. Um, you know, that my big winners I've held all through the recent crisis, and most of them are back at all time highs. Um, I, th- I find with, with, with trend following, particularly on stocks, I don't, I don't really know about Forex and futures markets. I mean, I, I know what they are, but I just, I've never traded them. Um, so I can't really comment on the characteristics of those markets. Um, but, but particularly in stocks, when they go wrong, they go wrong very, very quickly. You know, kind of staircase up, elevator down all the time. So you've got to be prepared for that. But you, you find that if, if you enter on a pullback, it will very quickly tell you if you're wrong, like possibly even the next day. Um, so, you know, you need to be prepared to exit very quickly. Um, but then it's just a case of holding. And then I would tend to add on the next pullback um, and, and the next one and the next one and the next one, you know, and, and, and hopefully, like my biggest winner is is maybe 14 months old at the moment. And, and luckily it's showing no signs of backing down at the moment. Nice one. That's really good. So before sort of adapting this, I don't know if you'd call it a, a swing trading sort of methodology or it's sort of borderline position trading if you're holding for a number of months, I guess you could say. But did you ever attempt to trade intraday, like day trading? Yes. Yes. And, um, and it, it, it nearly drove me mental. I, it, I couldn't believe what I was experiencing. Um, I certainly believe that you've got a um, a mental capacity, an emotional capacity, and you know whatever you want to call it, a hundred percent or whatever. And I just couldn't make that many decisions in in that in that day, and let alone do it five days a week. I really would love to go and sit in a day trader's office and see how they do it, but um, I was, you know, I, I, I saw there was something in pivot points, um, and I, I tried to do it, and, and I just couldn't. It really kind of um, it really messed me up in my head. Really, you know, I'm in a very good place in, um, psychologically, and and I, I like trading end of day data. I like seeing, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned before about breakouts. You know, I think breakouts that they break out in the first hour of the day. I'm, I'm a bit dubious of them, but if you see something that's held on to its gains throughout the day, I think that's a solid solid entry. And I was trying to do that, but intraday on a five minute chart and you know, I really, I really couldn't. Um, I couldn't make, I couldn't make that many decisions. I couldn't enter, ex- exit with a loss, enter, exit with a loss, enter, exit with a loss. You know, you get the pattern there, and and then get two or three winners throughout the day, and have to do that ten times a day. I'm sure that people, day traders, can tell me they don't trade that much, but this was what I was trying to do, and and I tried it for for a couple of months, and like I said, I just couldn't do it. It really, it really made me mentally tired. Um, 
and so I have to be more long term. And that that goes back to finding a system that suits you. You know, you, you, I'm sure you've had people on this show that that they would think about how I trade, um, and and think I'm crazy. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't have to look at the markets throughout the day if I don't want to. You know, I just do it because I enjoy them. I, I really can make all my decisions based off end of day data. Um, and the rest of the time, I, you know, particularly in the last few weeks when it's, you know, news has been, you know, the market's been kind of headline driven. I've just turned everything off and, and come back at the end of the day and seen which stocks have held up and which I've had to sell. Um, and, and I couldn't do that through day trading. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair enough point too. So you've mentioned a couple times or a few times throughout this interview that um, the word system. So just so we, we understand, how systematic is your trading? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, system is in um, nothing is, nothing is, is um, let's say, robotic. Um, it, it's certainly not um, every, every stock that does this, I must enter here. Every stock that does this, I must, you know, um, exit here. This is, it's completely discretionary. So I, I do, uh, you know, I stalk a number of stocks that, that are in uptrends. Some of them are sloppy uptrends, um, you know, uh, but, but I look for those periods of kind of exhaustion with, um, on a pullback. Um, I do trade breakouts occasionally, um, but I've, my, I'm more successful trading pullbacks and, the only thing that is, I would say, um, systematic, but I guess that's to the point where I absolutely will exit, is, is when you know my stop is hit, um, and and that will be decided before I enter. So, like I said, there there, there was one stock recently that I was in that that um, hugged the fifty-day moving average. Um, so the easiest place to put the stop is below the 50-day moving average or close below it or if it was um this is where the discretion comes in so if it closes below it and it closes on a you know a, a pretty big candle uh, or it closes on um it closes at the bottom of the range for the day then i would just exit straight away if for example during the day it's um put in um you know there was kind of a wick on the end um i might say okay well i'm going to exit as soon as it goes below that wick so that kind of you know in case a, a market maker has been pushing it around for whatever reason because of course i'm not the only person looking at this stock there is a lot of people that would notice that the 50-day moving average doesn't get breached a lot so it's a very easy way to put an easy place sorry to put your put your stop and then just try to make sure that i'm not one of the weak ones that gets pushed out and then obviously it, it motors on ahead which has happened before um equally like i said if it's support and resistance then um, you know that's that's my exit. I'll know when uh, I'll decide that before I get in. So that's probably the part that is um, let's say if there is you know systematic. Um, but like I said, ultimately it is discretion. But there is one thing that I would point out on that is that um, as much as it's discretion, and I have just commented then about sometimes I might look at my exit. There's no way I, I don't hold I don't hold a losing trade. So I wouldn't you know there is kind of scope there to interpret that as um, Oh well, he he might you know a stock might have dropped um, to to whatever price level, and he might be um, in denial about it. Uh, th- that's absolutely not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that occasionally, you know, they, they go back to um, Ed Sakota, you know, follow your rules, know when to break your rules, that kind of thing. You know, it's um, it's it's just a, a process that I know works for me. But there is no way that I would hold a losing stock um, if it's gone past my exit. For sure. Okay. So. 
uh, how do I say? So how did you how did you know, or maybe I should say, when did you know with a reasonable amount of confidence that you'd found an edge that what you were trading actually worked? Like, when was the point when you were comfortable with that approach? Well, my account value really it was you know I I track my equity curve um, and and it goes from bottom left to top right it doesn't mean that there there are some you know um, drastic pullbacks in that but you know I could show you over the years you can see they've got less and less so you know that ultimately it's money is is the way that um, you know that, that that will show that will tell you when you're when you're right I think I know that my system makes money. Um, now I know that, you know, everyone else you've had on your show, their system makes money. I'm not, you know, there is, there is no holy grail in that sense. So it's really just about finding a system that works. Now I could probably find one that makes more. Um, but do, I don't really want to, you know, you can obviously, once you found your system and you obviously you, you plot in your numbers, um, you know what your, um, let's say you know what your winning winning percentage is or you know what your payoff ratio is or whatever you know you can then adapt your money management to kind of fit your your bigger you know your longer term goals but ultimately it was that i was um uh, looking at um at my at my equity curve and see it and see it rising the other thing that was probably let's say one of the the, the real kind of um again like aha moments was um I started off with a system and I tinkered about for a while. I, um, I, I tried a bit of, you know, try the day trading thing or whatever and, and, and tried a few other strategies. Um, and one day I just sat down and was just frustrated and, and, and a bit like, you know, well, how's this, how's this happening? You know, you're meanwhile, my mentor has gone on and made a, a, a ton of money and I'm sat there with a lot less than, than he's made. Um, you know, in terms of percentage returns or whatever. So, what have I done wrong? And that's when, like I said, the psychology side really kind of kicks in because it's not the strategies. Okay, there, there, there's people out there that that can trade pivot point strategies. There's people out there that can swing trade, day trade. Um, you know, they can fundamentally invest and make money. You know, that so so everyone can. There is strategies out there for everyone. It was when I kind of went through my original strategy. And um, looked at the initial trades and realized if I'd have carried on doing what I was doing, I would have made more than 80% more than I'd made that year, if that makes sense. It was then that I was actually like, okay, there's something in this. So what is it that I'm doing wrong? And that was, you know, it was probably, you know, the end of the beginner's cycle is when I realized actually it's really not about the system. What makes you successful as a trader is, is, is um is probably learning about your mindset and um you know how you how you deal with your system if that makes sense so for example you know on a on a pullback you don't or or a down you know a drawdown in your equity you don't kind of jump ship and look for the next best thing and it's really then that you're you know you you then start to think well okay so I'm in a drawdown at the moment so what should I do okay so on one hand you can go Ah, you know what? The system's rubbish. It's not working. I'm going to find something new that does work. That's you go back to the beginning again, or you you kind of grow up and look at it from a, 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 a um, you know the kind of let's say a professional trader point of view and go, okay, is it the system? Does the system work? Yes. Okay, the system does work because it's made money in the past. What doesn't work at the moment? Is it the market conditions? And you go, yes. 
or is it maybe I'm taking on too many trades, you know, and, and you kind of, you start looking at that and that I think is when you make a jump from kind of beginner to let's say more professional style of trading. You're just working on that constantly instead of going back and thinking about a whole new strategy. So what were the certain aspects of your sort of psychology issues that you had to work through that were preventing you from sort of making potentially 80% more that year? Like how did you, like psychology, I guess it's kind of quite a broad topic, but how were you able to sort of pinpoint what it was and then sort of focus your attention on that to be able to resolve your, those psychology issues that were preventing you from, from making a lot less money? To start with, it was driven by frustration. Um, you know, that every, I, I'm sure that everyone must get to a point. Um, you know, there is a there's one of the um, the guys in Market Wizards book, and you have to forgive me, I can't remember his name. Said, you know, there was a day when he lost a, a ton of money and turned around and said something, you know, along the lines of, "What am I this stupid?" And this is no, you just got to keep going. And that that really is kind of part of it you know you you, you need to i needed to um i sorry i knew that the systems were, were, were making money but i just wasn't implementing them right i wasn't i wasn't kind of i wasn't doing the right thing and that was the bit that was frustrating why what am i doing wrong and that was like i said you then start kind of um self-reflecting and really kind of looking well if this that you know that that system makes money you know there's let's say um let's say one of these subscription services on the internet where you can buy you know you can sign up to it and they give you the entry and the exit signals well they make money at they you know they, they probably make money as a trader you could get those same signals and not make money because you know you might you might do something wrong. It might be obviously you know your risk management and that kind of thing. Equally, it might be you might try and preempt the exit signal. You might preempt the entry signal, and that's nothing wrong with the strategy. Although when you begin when you first start out, you'll blame that strategy. That's down to you. That's your own fault. And I think it was um, you know in again I, I, it's, it's from another book that I, that I you know I, I apologise to anyone that has written these and I'm not quote you know referencing them, but um, where he says about you've got to take responsibility for everything you do and you can do this in everyday life and this is kind of I think something that I tried to do a few years ago where every situation that goes on is your fault and and it's quite a big thing to say that but everything that happens let's say your 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 your, your partner comes in from work and she's in a bad mood and she she lashes out at you how's that your fault and you, you constantly find a way that is um, you know you start then looking at yourself a lot uh, kind of uh, a lot more in detail and particularly with your trading you know kind of why is this strategy why does it make money um, you know in back testing why does it why does it not make money now what am I doing wrong and that's when you can be honest with yourself that I believe is when you're kind of um, you make a massive leap in the right direction and you it's it's quite hard to do not a lot of people like being honest about themselves you know i could probably list a lot of things that i know are wrong with me um one is i'm very impulsive um i've got an addictive personality um and these things one that, that probably gambling is not a very good thing for me um day trading this is when i realized actually this isn't this isn't good because i get impulsive i make the wrong decisions i jump into trades quickly and and realize i've done the wrong thing 
And that goes totally against my psych, you know, the way that I am. So therefore, I need to adapt my system to fit me, which is why I don't like looking at um, I don't like looking at the markets throughout the day because if I get a, you know, I might get a rush or I might, you know, kind of, I, I might lose discipline. Whereas it's much easier for me to sit down in the evenings, look through thousands of, you know, let's say 500 charts a night and just make a decision whilst the markets are shut. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little short list of, of what I'm, what I think I want to, you know, enter or I want to watch. I might have another little look later on in the evening. I'll have another look in the morning. And if it still looks good, then I'll buy it. Equally, there have been times where you know you get a bit giddy because your portfolio's up, and you think, "Yeah, I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that." You look at it next day, and you're like, "Well, actually, it's kind of invalid. That's not the right entry." And you sit back and you'll wait. But it's only understanding that I've got that side to me that I'm able to then adapt my strategy to fit, you know, kind of my um, the bits that I would consider pretty crap about my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Now that's um, that's a lot of great points in there that you touched on. So I really appreciate that. Um, we should probably start to wind things down, Chris. But um, let me ask you: Is there a a resource or um, a book or a video or anything you'd like to recommend to listeners to check out if they'd like to dive deeper into sort of understanding the psychology of um, professional trading? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's. Um Firstly, just keep rereading books that, that everyone else mentions. Um, I think I've kind of touched briefly in the past with you about this, that, that things like um, Reminiscence of a Stock Operator, you know, Market Wizards, etc. There's a, you know, I've read um, Reminiscences over 100 times now, and each time I hear something new in it. And, you know, um, the reason is that there is pearls of wisdom in all of this, depending, you know, on, on different parts of your trading journey. So Reminiscences, to start with, is a really nice story about a guy that likes trading and makes a ton of money. That's the, that's the nice story that you hear at the beginning. Then you hear about, um, you know, you might hear a part of his strategy the second time you read it. The second time you might hear about how he blew an account up, but he kept going. So, you know, you might have blown up an account recently and you think, ah, okay, well, he's done that. I've just got to keep going. And ultimately, you just keep kind of, you know, every time you hear it, depending on what part of your journey you're on, you'll hear something new and relevant to what you're experiencing at that time, which is why I think those books are absolutely fantastic. The second was um, a, a, a YouTube video that um, Nick Raj put up called What Makes a Successful Trader. I think it was a presentation he gave. Um, and he talks about to the, the two kind of facets of trading, kind of quantitative, I can't see me to say, and qualitative, um, which is basically your strategy. Um, you know, uh, the, he gives the best thing is he gives an analogy of a car. So the quantitative side would be driving the car. You know, put your foot on the gas, put your foot on the brake to stop, uh, turn left, turn right, that kind of thing. But the qualitative side is learning about the roads, learning about, you know, you get those idiot drivers that, that are indicating to go left. When you, you get that feeling, actually, they're going a bit fast to do that. So you don't pull out. You just hold back. And ultimately, they weren't going left. They just left their indicator on. And that's what I think is kind of what trading is about. You kind of learn those two parts. You learn, you know, how to trade, and then you learn about everyone else around you in the markets. And, and that, um, that video is very, very good at describing it. 
but you have to watch it a lot to really kind of get all the points out of it. And again, like, you know, I've watched it, you know, loads and loads of times. And like I said, you kind of, once you realize that those two parts exist, you can work on one, which is a strategy, but then you should probably look at the other parts. What does it mean to you and how do, how does that affect your trading? And like I said, that was kind of a big thing for me. Yeah, that's a that's a really good video, that one. I've watched that myself and obviously Nick Raj was on this podcast in the past. So if anyone wants to hear uh, an interview with Nick, um, check out episode number four. But all right, Chris, well, this has been really, really good and I appreciate you um, making the time today to come on and speak to speak to me and share with myself and also the listeners just a lot of really valuable information. It's been It's been awesome. So thank you very much. No problem. And is there any way that listeners can get in touch with you um, if they'd like to sort of learn more about you or just sort of reach out? Yeah, yeah, you can you can email me. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I guess you put it in the show notes, but it's, uh, it's chrissace1983 at googlemail.com. Um, yeah, and that's, that, that's, a, that's a good way to reach me really. <laughs> All right, sure. No trouble. We'll put that in the show notes. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to, to get in touch, they can just shoot you an email. But again, Chris, thank you very much for doing this and um, take care and let's talk soon. Yeah, no problem. You've come to the end of this episode of Chat with Traders, but don't worry, more great episodes are on the way. To stay updated with each great new episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, and we'd love it if you leave us a rating and review. We'll see you next time on Chat with Traders.